1: Field that and scald to the right, Hunter on the move, racing back, it's over his head, it's gone, it's in the bullpen, this game is tied, this game is tied, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz!
0: This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I
1: think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day and I'd be totally cool with it, because I think it would, It, it if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to to play better defense and play better, period. Nothing will. I
0: think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame.
2: Achievement or a new milestone. They don't just be like, hey, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. like. Now, to your hosts.
0: All right, Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox at Red Sox underscore beat on Twitter. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Don't forget to look at the network at CLNS Media. Facebook, search CLNS Media as well. And uh, a ton going on in terms of some bigger news uh, with J.D. Martinez, who hasn't officially been announced yet by the team. Uh, We'll talk about, uh, I want to talk get into Blake Swihart as well. No guests this week, but we have Lauren, we have Jess, and myself here. Uh, another week of closer to full-time baseball. All I will say is there's been a couple spring training games on TV, and it's been, like, the best thing ever.
2: Oh, it's made me so happy. Like, all is right in the world when baseball is on TV.
1: Especially when they just smoke the crap out of Northeastern the first game to give everyone a nice little opening taste to uh, spring training baseball.
0: <laughs> Seriously, yeah. And it's nice because, you know, sometimes they, those, those doubleheaders are, are close, but they weren't, and um, it's been nice. So coming into... This week, you know, it was awesome. We had Evan, Evan on last week, and he kind of helped us get a feel for what was going on down there. And I'm intrigued by the Blake Swihart storyline, that's why I want to get to that. But let's start off with JD Martinez because we did sign him. He's a Red Sox, and it's it's taken about a week now to officially announce him. They haven't yet, but it sounds like they're going to be doing that uh, on Monday, which is tomorrow um, as we record here. So obviously, he's going to be a, a Red Sox, and it doesn't sound like it's anything medically that's going to affect him playing short term or long-term, he should be good to go. So what do you guys think it is? Was it language in the contract? Like, how concerned are you that it took this long? Or is it just uh, we want to make sure everything's in good standing before this actually happens?
2: I'm not concerned at all. I think it's just, you know, they were going through the physical and they noticed whatever was wrong, whether it's foot or hand, whatever it was. Um, And they just, they had to do, I don't know if they had to do tests or whatever they had to do, but I'm sure there was, once they found said injury, there had to be some kind of, like, precautionary thing they had to go through so i'm not i'm not concerned about it at all i think if if anything we would have heard about any sort of injury that would have impacted his playing time in the offseason or while he was with arizona so i think it's just something like a storyline to talk about in the offseason so i think um obviously it's more of a wait and see thing when he starts playing and we can kind of gauge it more then but i'm not worried at all
1: yeah, the whole thing was weird, obviously, because everyone got excited, and then all of a sudden they were like, yep, no announcement yet. Nope, no announcement yet. Yeah, not tomorrow either. Yeah, not the next day either, and it just kept going on. So I don't know. It's it's weird. It seems like it was definitely something medical and not like the terms of the deal. It seems like the terms of the deal pretty much stayed the same from what I could see by not being there. So yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned in terms of injury-wise. Obviously, he's had a lot of injuries, so I'm sure some people are, are worried about that, but at this point in the beginning of the season, I don't think it's a huge concern, and um, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's Florida, so that's why the physical is taking longer." Not really sure the truth of that, but I can see why people are freaking out. Hopefully, that's just the overhype of media and fans who just have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because, I mean, usually those things get wrapped up real quick, and you don't even like know they're happening.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing because you know um, we touched on it last week with Evan too. It's just a matter of does. Is it does it is it the fact that they want to make sure that he's going to last and you know obviously being more of a full time DH than outfielder is going to help him I think we all agree on that you know not being in the field as much only getting a couple of bats it's going to take away the wear and tear in the body but you know like you hinted at Jess. he's had his history of being hurt too so it's really just a matter of is this was this a just really in depth physical because they were flying other the doctors in like the Boston doctor was coming in too like they they they. they It took a week to do the dude's physical, so there had to have been something there, you know, so there's going to be a lot of eyes on him at the beginning, especially when he comes in here to spring training once it's announced, and starts to really work out with this team. Uh, you're not going to notice anything now because he hasn't been playing and he's and he's relatively healthy. It's just a matter of does it hold up as we get into July, August, September, and later into the year as this team's meant to be something. I, I think that's going to when you really start to worry about this kind of stuff. I, I think there's something there in terms of injury. I think that's why this took so long. Um, they might, might have taken a little longer because they wanted to rework the wording in the contract. That's also a thing that we'll never really know right away, but overall you have to think okay great he's a red sock you're gonna come in here and he's gonna play because that's all you have to really worry about at this point because he is the guy you needed he's the guy you wanted you went out and got him and now he's he's adding potentially 30 home runs plus to this lineup smack dab in the middle of it which is what you're missing this seems to be pretty good and if it took a week to figure this out i'm okay with that as long as it's they they're still confident that he can hold up and play and if they had to change the language they had to change the language.
1: I'm not a yeah, huge think- fan of what happened here, just because of now the like the pressure is on him even more. Because yes, yeah, he would get here, and it's like, oh yeah, JD, great, and then that'd be that. But now that this happened, people are going to be like, oh, what's happening? Is he really hurt? And it'll yeah, get yeah, blown yeah. out of proportion, and then it's going to be even more pressure on him than there already was. That's my concern.
2: He's he's going to strike out his first spring training at bat. Everybody's be like, God oh, god, he sucks. He's injured. We should have never signed this deal. It feels like that's
0: going to happen, right? Like it just feels <laughs> like it's destined for him to suck at the beginning. Like, whether it's getting used to being on this team or whatever it may be, it very much feels like it's destined for him to suck or, like, strike out or not have a good spring, and people are going to freak out because everyone does it when people have bad spring trainings.
1: That, yeah, that's <laughs> why I hate it.
0: That's why I hate this happen. But I think that was going to happen either way, right? I mean, I think... He's going to be more microscope on him, but if he came into the spring and sucked after signing this contract, then there's going to be something up. Now, I don't think he plays that much this spring, to be 100% honest. I think they're going to protect him. I think for someone who's going to be the DH, he's going to get his at-bats and swings. He might play a game here and there in the outfield for spring training, but you're not going to really see this guy too much until later on in the spring, I don't think,
1: because they're going to protect him at this point. Do you really need a baby, a 30-year-old? It's not like he's, yes. like, 45 years old. Like yeah, you do. That, seems, that seems a little over the top to me. I don't know. I, I hope that he plays enough to get, like, the jitters out and get used to Boston, even though they're in Florida. But I would hope he plays more just to get comfortable.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, think, I don't think he'll be babied by any means, but I don't think he'll play as much as I think he should. I think it'll be limited, but I don't think it's, I think it'll be kind of right away. I don't think they're going to wait very long to get him into games or to yeah. live batting practice. But, I mean, it, I feel like they do that. David Price hasn't even thrown a bullpen session yet because he likes to throw longer bullpen sessions because he's a princess or whatever the hell his excuse was. But,
1: David
0: Princess?
2: But, yeah.
0: <laughs> that, should be a, that should have been his player's weekend name. Princess. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I think overall I'm not concerned. And it's just you look at it and go, Maybe he does have a le- little lighter of a workload getting into spring. I think he needs to get his timing back, and he needs to figure out how Alex Cora is going to use him. And I think that overall, you come into spring training. That's what this is for. I just don't want fans to come in and go, "Oh, well, he's not playing a lot, or he's not hitting well at the beginning of spring training." Guys, it's spring training. Dustin Pedroia had like the worst spring training ever his rookie year, and even beginning of April, and then he still came out in one rookie of the year. Like he, it's spring training does not matter. Except for getting your timing down and getting reps at the plate, because these guys haven't played since September, October, whatever it is. So they need to just get in here, get their reps, and make it work, and figure out some lineup opportunities. I think this is this is almostly. I look at spring training as a really big opportunity for Alex Cora, and that's about it. Everybody else is just getting reps in. I think Alex Cora is. Coming in, getting a feel for how we can work JD into this situation, just getting to know his players. I think the next month is bigger for the manager than it is for anybody else.
1: You know who else I think it's big for? Because I've seen a little bit of uh, chatter about this on Twitter is Daniel Avangie. Apparently, he is all over. Like he's he's. Uh, I saw someone tweet yesterday that he's been giving like all the pitchers like a detailed plan of what their next day is going to be. So apparently, Chris Sale was golfing and he already knew midway through one day what he was going to be doing exactly the next day. That's huge. And everyone's been raving about Lavangi. And obviously, he's the only guy who stayed here yep. from last year's team. And, he, and he's the pitching coach now instead of the bullpen coach. And people seem to love him. And he seems to be really prepared. And maybe preparedness wasn't something that they had last year on this team since things were kind of all over the place. Yeah. So I think that he might be like as important to the staff as Core is so I'd say it's important for him too this spring I think for the staff is definitely true because you know he's he does a lot he did a lot as the bullpen
0: coach but I think they, these these players really got to know him over the course of that situation because whatever they if they tuned up Carl Willis or John Farrell whatever it was last year clearly he has some impact with these players because there's a reason why Core wanted him to stay and it was the only one that really stayed so you're right being prepared is huge especially with this kind of pitching staff because they're head cases right Chris Sale's a great pitcher but he can be a head case he cut up uniforms like, he's a psycho he's a psychopath but if you can manage that David Price psychopath and a baby you said princess but if you can put that dude on a schedule and figure it out then it makes so much more
1: sense to control it and if you can get yep. Porcello to figure out if he's a Cy Young pitcher or the worst pitcher in baseball <laughs> yeah you gotta pick one here dude you gotta figure stuff <laughs> out preferably the uh, Cy
0: Young part
2: yeah, probably, and I think I think it's awesome that he's got these plans for them. And I saw that too on Twitter, and I was like, "Damn, like that's impressive." Because I mean, I don't know the schedule they were on last year, whether it was through spring training and throughout the season. I don't know if they had the preparedness that Lavangi has them on right now. So if that can translate well into from spring training into the season, this bullpen and this starting rotation—I mean, starting rotation is already like a threat in my eyes. But if they can like have this kind of like mental readiness. If they're going to be unstoppable.
1: I'm really fascinated this season by just what the coaching staff does compared to last year, because obviously people are, are blaming the coaches, specifically Farrell, on a lot of stuff that happened last year. Obviously people said that the team underperformed as well, which is also true, but I'm just curious to see like what is different, either you know what we hear about as fans from, from people who were there, just like what, what the difference between these guys and last year's guys are, because I think coaching staff can make a huge difference, and most of the time you don't really hear about them that yep. much but maybe we will and I'm just curious how people respond to this to these guys oh yeah the the, the, kitchen, the coaching
0: staff is def- definitely on the hot seat and guess it's not really a hot seat but it's the best way that I can describe it it's they are gonna have all eyes on them because we all everyone around here media fans potentially the players were calling for all the coaching staff to be gone especially John Farrell and now that t- that came. That's here. So that's it. Like, the players haven't changed too much. Obviously, you bring in J.D. You have, obviously, we talked about it. Carson Smith and Thorberg are going to be a yearly healthy, hopefully, in the bullpen. So you have your roster that you've envisioned here with the bat in the middle of it. The biggest change is the coaching staff, and everyone down there has been talking about it. So that's, and that's what the ownership was trying to sell us on. Oh, we brought Alex in. Great. Okay. That's awesome. But now he's going to prove it, and he brought in his staff around him. And this coaching staff is, is just as important to this team and these players who didn't perform as as they were supposed to last year, this coaching staff is now on point to figure this out, hopefully, and they're they just as important to turn this around as the players are.
2: Yeah, coaching is going to be huge this year, and I think a lot of fans are going to turn their eyes to essentially the coaching, because a lot of the blame went on Farrell last season, and obviously when he got fired, everyone kind of rejoiced over it, and when Cora came in, everyone's very excited over Cora, even though there, we have a very minimal sample size of him doing any sort of coaching in the majors, so... It's, and I think it's going to be a lot different than what we've seen with Farrell. I think we've already seen um, big differences, just even how he handles the media. Like when they asked him, yep. "Oh, is Shady Martinez still in Fort Myers?" He's like, "I have no idea." Like Farrell will be like, "No, you know, that's not what we're here to discuss." Blah blah blah. Like, he would have given give them the runaround or whatever. So he'd he'd he would have written a book.
0: He would have written a book about <laughs> oh, yeah, about a question.
2: Mundane answer. And Cora's like, "Oh, like not my player, not my problem right now." So yep. kind of attitude, which was I thought was fantastic and. Mm-hmm. It was like my grandma and I were talking about the whole coaching thing the other day, and she goes, huh, Farrell never got a job, did he? And I was, just
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. And
2: she's like, oh, he's better off. The teams are better off. I was like, oh, my God. She's really off the Farrell wagon.
0: Yeah, she was yeah. on it hard, too. Your grandma was yeah, all off. over John Farrell yeah. Gosh, she
2: would not get off it. All of a sudden, it was just like, no, he's terrible. Screw him. He's handsome, but no, he's
0: terrible. He doesn't have a job, though. He does not have a job, which is very true. Uh, Coaching staff, obviously hugely important. Uh, Next topic on the agenda, David Price. We we wanted to touch on this. Jess, he talked this week to Shaughnessy, and it's just expectations are high, I think, this year because he's talking a better game for the most part. And I think a lot of fans, including myself and media members, are expecting a little bit more from him this year, consistency and health-wise.
1: Well, he's definitely trying to talk to the media more because he refused to talk to the media on non-start days last year, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But, <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I will ban you all from media except for my pitch. Come on. Don't be a child. But he's doing it now, and I thought that's why I thought this uh, him talking to Shaughnessy was interesting because uh, Shaughnessy basically just asked him a bunch of questions, and uh, I thought a few of his answers were pretty interesting, uh, including this one, um, Shaughnessy told him, or suggested that um, with Chris Sale getting his 300 strikeouts and being the number one guy, that Price could be, like, his expectations could be reduced, that he might be a secret weapon, and apparently Price said, no, I make too much money for that, I appreciate that, but that's never going to be the case. So he just <laughs> kind of was like, yeah, good one, but no. Accepting and, he's uh, acknowledging it, which is good. He is, which I like too. And then he also said, like, uh, Shaughnessy asked how his winner was, and he said that Is his first off season being a father and that he couldn't hold his son before with his arm because it hurt him so much, but now he gets to hold him with his left arm and it's like, okay. And he's happy about that and that he strengthened his shoulder and elbow and he's not, doesn't have any pain. So I know a lot of people are still worried about his arm and if he's going to have surgery at some point and he still, he still sounds pretty sure that nothing's going to happen, which obviously can you believe the guy? I don't know, but he keeps repeating that. So Maybe we should believe him. And basically, just like the overarching thing, basically, was he was saying that there was an extremely difficult season with having his son uh, and being hurt, and then coming back, obviously pitching in the bullpen, um, and everything piled up, and he didn't handle things well. So basically, Shaughnessy's point of the whole article, which is funny coming from him, was basically give Price a chance. Which is hilarious. It, it is. <laughs>
2: thing right there, just talking to Shaughnessy is a huge step for just not, not pr- Price, yeah, but like any person talking to Shaughnessy, especially Price.
1: Because he knows what Shaughnessy's like, and yeah. the fact that he's willing to actually talk to him. Wouldn't have done that last year. The fact that he's willing to talk to him, and the fact that Shaughnessy's like pro-giving
0: David Price a chance, like, that that speaks a lot, because David Price, I mean, uh, Shaughnessy's a guy we all know in this town, is just so negative, it's not even funny. Like, he look, makes Mike Felger look like the Easter Bunny. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, any excuse to get all over somebody for anything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's the guy who made his Twitter avatar... A can of tomatoes during the Patriots <laughs> run because he's like well they're not good they're gonna win because they're not playing anybody and like that that's who Shaughnessy is we know that so for him to go out of his way to do this interview obviously and now praise Price for giving him a check and chance say he's healthy do all this stuff one I'm impressed for David Price to be talking to all people to, to Shaughnessy and two I give credit to Dan Shaughnessy for coming around and actually not being a 100% negative for once which is great
2: yeah I mean I uh I was shocked when I when I saw that Shaughnessy and, or that Price talked to Shaughnessy, um, and we just discussed why because you know, Shaughnessy's Mister Negative Nancy in Boston. But um, I I want to believe in Price. I want to believe everything he says. I want to believe he can be the picture that we know he has been. Um, and it just it really just comes down to his mental game. Obviously, we saw him break down last year. He's going to give us an excuse, like you know, and I'm sure having a baby is stressful. I'm you know when especially baseball players are on the road so much they don't get to be home and if you can't hold your own kid I'm sure that sucks too but at the end of the day it's like you have to put that behind you when you go on the mound so it just I I, I'm so worried I'm not he's not in the clear and he's not going to be in the clear if he pitches you know two consecutive good games but he just needs to pitch consistently this whole season he needs to put last season behind him totally forget about anything that was said that was that happened and Face the media, man up, face the media and go out there and pitch. Just pitch well. I'll just say pitch your arm off, but please don't do that because that <laughs> very well happened this season. But it I want him I want him to succeed because because of his contract and because imagine a starting rotation with a Cy Young Rick Porcello, Chris Sale, a twenty seventeen Drew Pomeranz, and a healthy David Price. It's so threatening. Like This lineup, this rotation can be so, so solid and so threatening if Price can be mentally, like just in the zone and forget about anything that's going on in any vendetta he has against media, teammates, whoever. Like last season, us last season, I'm willing to give him a clean slate, but he's like, he's not off the hook.
0: But we know the the crazy thing is too is like, and I'm all in on David Price this year. I I told you guys that, but because like if he pitches well, you probably have one of the best two one two punches at the top of rotation in baseball oh yeah no doubt 100 percent. so it's like how can you not root for this guy as a fan because yeah you might hate him and think he's a baby that's fine but like if this dude pitches well your your rotation is stacked and if he doesn't pitch well then you have some problems because now you got to figure out who's going to fill in
1: well going back to what, what lauren said about him putting last year uh the rearview mirror he kind of he kind of mentioned that briefly it was kind of an interesting quote that i wanted to pick out from this um Shaughnessy was saying, like, did anyone try to get through to you when you were angry about everything last year? And Price said, "Quote, you guys will never know what went on. Period. That's the bottom line. I don't want to get back into it and open it all back up. Let me go throw a boring no hitter in spring training. We can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so. the attitude I want to hear. Yeah, like that's that's what, that's what I expected when
0: when he got here. Because we've all we all know he was one to talk. Like in other places, and he was he was a nice guy. But like the whole thing with David Ortiz opened my eyes to David Price's mm-hmm. got a nasty side, and I want to hear it. So I expected when he came here." we're going to get some attitude in the media. I love it. And then he just didn't talk to the media or whatever. And then he just didn't pitch ball. And I'm like, I want that David price. And what I heard in that quote is that David price, the guy that's going to come here with an attitude, be okay with talking to the media and stop, start talking trash. If the media comes at him a little bit, I'm going to say, I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to go talk about my no nonsense, no hitter in spring training. It doesn't even matter. And we're going to talk about that. Great. Cool. Thanks. Have a good day. Like that's the attitude I want to hear.
2: That's the attitude we got.
0: Yeah, good, and he can keep bringing it because it would be amazing. Do you guys think he does this? All it It all the signs are pointing to yes he hasn't pitched yet. That's the biggest thing. But from what I'm seeing, from what we're all reading and hearing coming out of Fort Myers, it seems like he's healthy, and it seems like he's ready for a pretty good year.
2: I'm hoping. I mean, like I said, I want to give him this chance, and I want to believe him. But we heard it all last year, and he didn't pitch bad last year. That's the thing. It was just there was so much negative – Media around him, and he wasn't on the mound
0: half the season, so that didn't help either.
2: No, right. but I want him. I want him healthy. I want him mentally strong and able. And I, I do think this is a huge year for him. I think, I mean, last year could have been. I could have said the same thing. I'm sure I did. But this year is, is huge because of everything that happened last year. And if he's going to come out and say, "I'm not here to talk about what happened last year," you guys never know what happened. I'm not. I'm not going back. Going back to revisit it. If he keeps that mindset. He's gonna win twenty,
1: twenty-two games this year. Yeah, I'm not sold on his pitching exactly because I don't have any reason to be at this point. Besides, obviously, he pitched well in the bullpen last year, but that's last year, and who knows it what's gonna happen with that? But yeah, right. Seriously. But I'm I'm more I'm interested right now about just this media stuff because that was obviously the big deal of last year. Obviously, his injury was a, a deal, but the whole Dennis accuracy thing and all the media stuff is what really, people really were all over. So if you know. The fact that he's willing to do interviews now like this, and he's talking about stuff and saying that, you know, taking responsibility for blowing it last year, I would have preferred that he had just admitted that last year, instead of being a jerk all year long and not ever saying anything. Like, he's owning up to it now, a year later, fine. I'd prefer it back then, but at least baby steps, he's doing that, and he's talking to the media again, so... That's positive to me, and at least that's a step in the right direction. But pitching wise, I mean, who knows? I'm not going to make any decisions until I see him. Yeah, no, I just, I just wish that he was up front this whole
0: time. That's the biggest thing for me. Is the attitude was never there, and that was the problem. He had no edge. He didn't care, and it just seemed like he wanted out. And that's why what everyone's now talking about him bringing up the whole "I'm not playing" opt-out comments that he's made earlier when they got down there. That's a big comment because everyone just assumed he's going to try to pitch while well this year and then he's going to leave. And, for him to come out and acknowledge that right away is what kind of hinted me to. Maybe this is a new David Price, because old David Price would not have acknowledged that because he would have been thinking about leaving. He came out and said, we talked about it, I want to win here. I brought. I was brought here to win multiple times, and that's still my goal. I'm not thinking about my opt-out, which is fantastic. Now he's just going to go out and pitch well. So. That's the biggest thing, and I I give him props for talking to Shaughnessy because it's like the last person I would want to talk to if I was a player ever, so uh, I give him credit for doing that, and don't forget, Hoops fans, uh, basketball season is back. Baseball's right around the corner, but basketball is here post-All-Star break, and now that your favorite hardwood heroes are back from the action, it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test with huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can, of course compete against your friends they've got even beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level as well if you're newer to the uh, daily fantasy game best part of course you get to draft a new team every day and that's just the, arguably the best part about fantasy besides that of course you're winning cash doing it just ask dan from st louis or jeremy from austin they both turned a three dollar entry into a thousand bucks huge cash prizes and bragging rights await for you only at DraftKings. And now you can go use our code CLNS at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for a share of $10,000. Yeah, I said it, 10 grand in total prizes tonight. Don't wait. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com now. Choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Of course, check out DraftKings.com for details. We talked about a short show, but one thing that we wanted to get to, but make sure we got to before we get out of here, because it's an intriguing topic, this whole spring training. It's Blake Swihart. So, journeyman, catcher, looked like he was going to be the starter when he came out and really hit the ball well. Christian Vasquez was struggling. Vasquez got sent back down to the minors when Swihart was up with Leon, and then Swihart kind of got abandoned. Vasquez came back healthy, ready to go. Sandy Leon has proved that he can be a serviceable backup, as well as hit the ball in random spurts, which is fun to watch when he does get hot. And now it looks like it's Vasquez-Leon 1-2 with no place for Blake Swihart. So that's why this is intriguing because everything that I've been reading from people who are down there, guys, is this is it for Blake Swihart. He's got to figure something out. He's got to make the roster this year. He might not be a Red Sox much longer. And they're trying him everywhere. They're playing him at third. They're playing him at short. They're they're, they're letting him take grounders in the bench. Like, who knows what they're doing with Blake Swihart right now. Second base seems like an option, but they did sign Nunez, so it sounds like that's not even going to happen anymore. Does Blake Swihart make this stream? Because there's a lot of intriguing storylines around him, and it's just the fact that they're trying to find a spot for him, and they haven't done that yet. And I'm intrigued. That there's two guys, obviously, in my mind, Blake Swihart and Brock Holt, for a couple roster spots here, and, and along with Devin Marrero. it's three guys, probably two spots. I know my two guys out of those three that I want to make the roster, but it's one of those things where it it's almost up, time up for Blake Swihart if he can't find his home.
2: If he, to answer your question, if he keeps playing the way he has been, the spring training, I know it's only been a few games. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he makes this roster. How can he not? You can't send him to Pro- Providence, to Pawtucket. Um, it, it's a good problem to have for Boston. We have a plethora of good players. Um, and I know spring training, you know, you could have a fantastic spring training and be terrible during the regular season. We've seen that before, we've seen it vice versa. So it's really hard with spring training, but. A healthy Blake Swihart, I think, is a very good Blake Swihart. We saw him when he was healthy before he got injured out in left field. I think when he jammed his ankle, and he just never could like really, like rebound from that injury until he had the surgery. So, I think he's he's due for a bounce back year. I guess it's it's going to come down to, yeah, is there a spot for him? I don't know, because you know he's first. He's a catcher first, but if he keeps doing what he's doing. Like, like, th- consistently throughout spring training, he makes this roster.
1: Yeah, he's having a great spring. He looks really good. His swing's nice. Um, and I think he will have a big year. It just depends on where he plays. And the problem with if he stays here is that he won't be getting consistent playing time, because he's going to be playing with some in some random place just to fill in for someone, whatever position that may be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a Brock Holt role everywhere, or a couple different places, or he actually catches occasionally. But this, I just don't see that happening because he's going to want to play every day or close to every day, and they're going to want him to play that same thing. So I don't think it works here. I want him here because I could totally see him being the guy that they get rid of, and then he hits like 20 home runs for another team. Yeah, oh, That yeah. might happen, Yeah, which is sucks because I want him to play here. But it's just like the positions are pretty solidified, and like you said, now that Nunez is here... And Martinez, in addition to Hanley and the whole outfield, I mean, where the heck is the guy going to play? And it sucks too because, like, <laughs> he was in the
0: fold, like when he he was playing left field consistently, and then the injury kind of just like screwed him over. Because if he didn't get hurt, he'd right. still be a left fielder, and then you know he's in the yeah. mix. I really want them to cut ties with Brock Holt. And I knew you were gonna say that. I, like, it's one of those things where it's like Devin Merrell is hard to get rid of because his defense is phenomenal as a utility infielder, and yeah, he, he can't hit the ball. It's fine. It's we, get, we don't let, we let Jackie Bradley play the outfield. And he can't hit the ball either. So, not everyone's going to be able to hit the ball that well. Blake Swihart to me is someone that you just like can't let go because he does everything so well. And now you can tell that he's healthy again. And now he's back to doing what he's doing. Yeah, he might not catch, but how long is Sandy Leone really going to be here? You know. And so it's one of those things where it's really me comparing it. it's Brock Holt versus Blake Swihart for that last spot. And to me, it's just a no contest. I love Brock Holt. I really do. And I think he's a great utility player. But Blake Swihart's younger and has more talent. And at that point, you keep the younger player with more talent who can play multiple positions. And you have enough guys behind them with Marrero, Nunez, especially when Pedroia comes back, that you don't really need Brock Holt anymore. And I love Brock Holt, but this team doesn't need Brock Holt anymore. No, yeah. they
2: don't. They, they feel like they haven't needed Brock Holt. I don't like saying that because he's such a versatile player and obviously we can put him really anywhere and he'll play but he doesn't really bring much to this team anymore and I feel like if you have to choose between Spryhart and Holt I I would take Spryhart any day you know he's younger he's he's still Spryhart's versatile too but Spryhart can hit the ball I don't want Brock Holt in a situation when he's at the plate with runners on the corners runners on second and third with one out because he's going to either run to a double play or he's just going to make that second out. So, Whiteheart, you know, he can hit the ball. We know he can hit it, whether it's a home run that he's just blasting over the monster or he can drive in a run from third. It, he's better. Whiteheart is better suited for a platoon role than uh, Brock Holt. He's
1: yeah, kind of yeah like 100%. Brock Lake. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. Because. Holt's played well here, obviously he was hurt for a lot of last year, but he's just not that good of a hitter he's not that consistent of a hitter and I think even though we haven't seen a whole lot of Swihart, I think he's shown already that he's a more consistent hitter than he than, uh, than Holt so I don't think that there's a place for Holt I don't know if there's a place for Swihart, but if you had to pick between the two of them, if that's what they're doing then you gotta go with Swihart for a lot of reasons
0: So it sounds like we want Swihart on this team and it sounds yeah. like... I think most people probably do if he's playing the way he's going to. Would you guys... I just want him to play. If it came down to Holt and Marrero, who would you take? Because it seems like Swire might be the top choice now out of those three. So if he is, then you got to cut big with one of those two. And do you keep Marrero over Holt?
2: They can't... I just can't say it, but I'm making a face because I'm I'm torn. Like, uh, I mean, I... Like I said, I don't want to cut ties with Brock Holt. I, I do like the guy. He's emotion to aside,
0: watch. Lauren. Emotion aside. Pure baseball well, I, player.
2: And I'm, but I'm also it, thinking, of, I'm thinking of Andrew Benatendi and his flow, bro. Like, uh, he would be crushed. But I think –
1: Well, Holt's a good I, clubhouse guy. Exactly. He's true. Great That's this is true.
2: Like, this is true. He's great. But I think I'd have to go with Marrero. I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I guess we're having this conversation. There really isn't. I really guess that I don't think there's a spot for Holt on this team.
1: I am going to disagree. And I do like Holt a lot. And I think baseball-wise, Morrero probably is a little bit better, but I haven't seen a lot of personality out of him. Mm -hmm. So, for that reason, between Holt, where he can play everywhere, if he gets hot at the plate, if he's healthy, and he's a good clubhouse guy, morero has been good at times, but he's also had a couple of years not really to show himself, because he hasn't played a whole lot, but he's gotten several chances to start play. And he hasn't made a huge impact. His hitting just is not very good. So it's close. But I think right now I'd give it to Holt. I think the clubhouse presence gives him a little bit of an
0: edge. I think the clubhouse thing is huge, obviously, especially with coming off what happened last year. But um, I, I think for me it's Marrero because of what he can do defensively. And for that last spot on the bench, think about what he can do as a defensive replacement. You know, End of games, if you don't trust... Devers at third base, great, throw Morero over there. If you don't if you it, later in the games, if you don't want to have Nunez over there at second until Pedroia comes back, great, throw Morero over there. I trust his gloves so much defensively. Um I the bat I outweigh with the bat, and at that point Holt I don't trust Holt that Holt that much on either aspect of the game. He's just okay and yeah, he comes up with big plays, but like would I want to put Brock Holt in defensively for Devin um for Raphael Devers at the end of a game? No. I'd, just let, I'd leave Devers in at that point. Same thing against Nunez. So, like, for me, I look at the defensive side of things. you got to start to fill up the bench at the bottom, too. If you're keeping Swihart, then you need to have some defense there as well for late in games when you are winning baseball games instead of coming back.
1: Yeah, I I would understand either one, Holt or Marrero, but I think they definitely got to keep Swihart. But, like I said, you got to find the time to play him because it's stupid to just keep him and have him play, like, once every two weeks. That's just not going to work. Yeah,
0: no, that's the problem. Is that they got to find space for him. I think he makes the roster by the time spring comes, uh, comes to an end here and, and hit the real games. Um, I think he's on this team. I think he might even see some catching duties, depending on how those guys are doing, but um, I think they're bringing him on, planning him on playing everywhere. Literally anywhere they want him to play. He can play some first base, he can play the outfield if he has to, we know that. Um, I think he's going to start taking grounders places, and maybe he DHs here and there, right? Maybe that he, he goes into that fold too. Like He literally could be at most positions on the field, uh, maybe minus pitching. And even that, I might trust him to throw a ball. Every once in a while, if you had we, to. We,
2: we trusted Mitch Moreland last the, year, so and, be- and,
0: and <laughs> Mitchie Two Bags did, did it well. So, um, <laughs> look, I, I think Blake Swihart is so versatile, and he's such—he's a good offensive player, and he's an okay defensive player. That you have to keep him because out of those three guys, which it seems like that's kind of who's battling for those last two spots, he's the best utility guy you have um, to do everything. And then you have to fill. Okay, what do you need more? Defense. Or a guy who's average at both, and at that point it's defense, and that's why Marrero takes the spot
1: there. I think overall it becomes Brock
0: Holt just becomes the odd man out. It's
1: too bad for him because he worked his whole career to try to get to the majors, and he finally made an All Star team somehow. And you know, okay, then he got that was like an team. asterisk though because that team yeah. he made an All Star. He that team was garbage. <laughs> And it should have been it's <laughs> not him. Yeah, but. no, it like, shouldn't have
0: been him. I mean, he'll take it. He'll, I, I mean, I would. T- if I was him, I'd be proud about it. Too. He'd be on the resume. I'd be making t-shirts. Exactly. Brock Holt, the all-star. Brock star, you know. It's just like, it is what it is. It, that team was garbage, though.
1: It's just sad, just because this is what he's been trying to do his whole career, and yeah. now we're talking about no place for him, because he's just not that good.
2: No. And, but he's a great figure. That's, like, that's what sucks. Right. He's, like, he's so good. Like, he's such a great personality to have here. Like, I can't see him being this way and, like, Philly or Arizona or like the Padres, like it's like he's just he's made his home here. Which you know if there's no spot for him, there's no spot for him. But yep,
0: and like well, this, well, this the end well, of his career. Yeah, fine. does some does some <laughs> other team take him <laughs> to do the same it? thing? Because like who knows if they even? I mean, he'll land on somewhere. Because I mean the Phillies okay. are garbage, and like there's a teams out there that'll play him, so he'll play somewhere. Ooh,
2: Philly Philly needs a third baseman. Will Middlebrooks like pulled the Gordon Hayward? So.
0: Oh yeah, his <laughs> he's, his leg is gone. Will Middlebrooks just <laughs> so sad. Not Jenny Dell is pissed. Good. Yeah, it did not look pretty. That was a collision, too. That's the, that's the crappy part about spring tra- training is when those little things happen that you can't control because you're just playing the game. It's like watching Julian Edelman tear his ACL oh. in a preseason game. RIP yep. his leg. And, like, literally just there he you goes your half your season, and you and lose guys like that. Um, it's a shame, though, what's happened to Will Middlebrook's career because he's just bouncing <laughs> yeah. around teams now. Um, but he is a World Series champion, and we'll, and we'll take that to the grave. But... Um, Alright, we'll end it there. That's enough. We can talk about baseball next week. But, um, look, overall steams of this week. J.D. Martinez will be a Red Sox probably by the time you listen to this show. Um, Blake Swihart will be on this team. Brock Holt will not be on this team. And it looks like David Price is finally going to talk to the media more because he talked to probably one of the worst media members in the Boston media market at, the, at this current moment. So... A lot going on in the Red Sox world will keep you up to date. Don't forget to follow at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. The website CLNSmedia.com as well. All the roundtables that are going on with the Red Sox covers, the news feeds, those will be more regular as the season gets closer. And, of course, you love us, so you're going to keep tuning into Red Sox Beat every week. Uh, every release, Mondays at 6 a.m. is the goal, so keep an eye out there. If you're not subscribed already, subscribe, because then you don't have to worry about setting your alarm if you're not awake. It'll just automatically download to your phone, which is fantastic. Uh, so then Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, and myself, Jared Scali, can be on your phone every week, which is fantastic. So until next week, for those two idiots on the other side of the glass and myself, uh, this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week.